Exploring the intersection of medicine, sports, and pop culture. This is the Doctors Are People Too podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Josh Belfer. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host as always, Dr. Josh Belfer. And today we have a very, very special episode. I know usually I say we have a special episode and I, I believe it. But today we have an extra special episode. Today we have a physician who's in Philadelphia, who's an anesthesiologist, and it's a man who happens to be my high school classmate and good friend, Dr. Levy Molojanov. Dr. Levy, welcome to the Doctors or People 2 podcast. Thank you, Dr. Belfry. I appreciate it. It's such a pleasure to be on with you. Um, I've been listening to your uh, episodes in the past and very excited to be an honor to be invited to be a guest on uh, on the podcast. It's truly my honor. And when I started the podcast, I figured I'd probably have a few of my friends on. And, you know, the beauty of of going into medicine is and your friends in medical school. And for us, even in high school, when we met, they go into all different specialties. I've certainly called you up a number of times for some consults, as I have with my other friends who are in medicine. And I figured I'd have you on at some point. I didn't know what the right time would be, but I think we got to take that dive and just do it. So let's start from the beginning. And, and I'll admit, I think some of the stuff that we'll talk about today may be new for me. I think that's that's also the beauty of doing this, that we'll learn about each other a little bit more. Tell me and tell the audience a little bit about your upbringing, about your family, your life before you met me in high school. I guess I'll start a little bit at the beginning. My parents um, were both musicians. Uh, they were born in the Soviet Union in Central Asia. Um, I guess they met there. I was born there also. Um, we moved over to the United States as the Soviet Union was collapsing in search of a better life and more opportunity. Um, we ended up actually in the Southwest in the desert. I grew up uh, for the first nine years of my life in Tucson, Arizona. Um, and then uh, we eventually migrated over to Philadelphia to the East Coast. I went to Jewish school my whole life uh, since, you know, since I was a baby until, um, you know, going into middle school and going into high school. And then grew up, uh, you know, going to college in Philadelphia locally as well. And uh, luckily, then I got into medical school also in Philadelphia. I did residency uh, right outside of Philly in, in Camden, New Jersey. And then was lucky enough to get an attending position in Philadelphia again. So that's basically the rundown of, of kind of how I got to where I am today. You went very quickly through the best part, which was high school. Oh, yes. We met I, in ninth I, grade. <laughs> we, our high school had, in our class, about 70 kids. So it was a small, small class, but we met very early in high school and connected. I think we sat next yeah. to each other in Mrs. Schumann's English class, which you know, maybe we'll tell a few stories a little bit later. As you look back at high school, you know, I, ha I have my memories from high school, but what are the things that stand out about our high school experience? So first of all, like you mentioned, um, the small size, you know, everyone knows each other and it's a family and everything was kind of, you know, if you really needed things catered towards you, they could be catered towards you um, and really personal relationships with pretty much every single student and the teachers as well. That was one thing. And then obviously another big, big thing for us was, you know, in 11th grade, we had a trip to Israel uh, that we were all on for, I, I was only on it for a month and a half. <laughs> Well, we should have been on it for four months. Um, so that was, I think, definitely a big, big um, part of developing close relationships with, you know, your friends, your best friends. Those were really big. You know, to be honest, I don't remember how we met. I assume it was 
early on at some point. Um, I will say I missed the first three weeks of high school. Uh, I think I maybe met you the fourth week then. Probably was the fourth week. <laughs> I guess I, I guess I didn't make that many friends through the first three weeks. That you know, I still had room in my friend circle to uh, to connect with you. I'm lucky. I'm lucky that uh, nobody liked you the first three weeks. <laughs> I mean, and then there was basketball tryouts. I, I remember that. Oh, and yes, you know. yes, we we were on the basketball team together. I remember we had a coach who um, who showed us like 1970s, 1980s. Um, uh, promotional videos for basketball. And then at one point during the season, it was like, all right, just whoever wants to start, just go in the game. And we were like, uh, all right. Um, I think actually, um, now that I think about it, one of the things that brought us close together, at least for me, was in ninth grade, we had um, some sort of project for biology class. And um, I think we ended up going to Lankanau Hospital um, to present uh, the Human Genome Project. And all I remember, and the reason I remember this is because uh, my family has different ways of remembering my friends. So like one of our other friends is they're like, oh, how's the drummer doing? Or how's, you know, this guy doing? And you are forever associated as um, the guy who uh, wore one of your uncle's medical uh, uh, white coats. I was like, yes, that's him. Did that's I him. really? So, well, you I, did. Your uncle's medical white coat or my uncle's? My uncles, because oh. uh, I think we were like pr pretending to be doctors or something during that during that presentation, and I was like, "Hey, my uncle is Michael." I'm like, "Hey, I'm Uncle Michael, uh, do you mind if I borrow two of your uh, white coats?" <laughs> I do like, remember yeah. that. I do remember that now. And, that was a fun uh, yeah. conference. I, I I think there were a bunch of us starting out in high school as we got to know each other that had an interest in medicine. And yes. that group of us that did the presentation on the Human Genome Project, that was a big deal, I remember. That was a big deal. We were, like, presenting stuff at, like, a regional thing, and, and it was it was a big deal. That probably is what what bolstered my biology grade in ninth grade. <laughs> well, I, won't, I won't tell anyone that it probably needed to be bolstered. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I, I have the same memories from high school. I think having a small class was really nice. A lot of us still keep in touch which is really yes. great. I think the individualized attention that we got from the teachers was great. And also having a dual curriculum, half of our subjects were, you know, the traditional English, social studies, maths, and then we had half of our curriculum be Hebrew topics. And yes. I think looking back on that, being able to juggle the different topics, time management was a big part of it. And then, like you said, when we went to Israel and that kind of threw everything in flux, we had to, you were technically kind of on vacation, but still in school, which was an interesting experiment. But it, that's probably my highlight of high school is going to Israel for those four or five months, uh, you know, even though we missed you after you left the first six weeks or whatever it was. Yes. <laughs> yes. No, I had to, I had to go back home because I ended up getting, uh, I ended up getting pneumonia <laughs> and, uh, and my mom was like, that's enough. You got to come back home. But uh, no, like, like you mentioned, you know, having the dual curriculum, being able to, um, juggle in terms of time management and also being able to kind of think about different things really quickly and address things in different and novel sorts of ways. And literally being able to look at things from different sides. Like, you know, when you're reading Hebrew, you got to approach something, you know, from a totally different perspective. That's true. You mentioned Lankanau and our experience in biology as ninth graders. Did you start thinking about medicine before that? Was that your introduction into medicine? When did the, this path begin? So honestly, you know, I always loved science. Uh, my mom would, uh, you know, 
get me books like, you know, obviously children's books, but, you know, books on the brain, books on the heart, you know, this, that. The other thing, uh, I used to love Bill Nye, the science guy growing up. I was always very curious. Um, I never knew that I exactly wanted to be a doctor, probably until I was in my first or second year of college. That's when it kind of solidified for me, for sure. Um, I always knew I had an interest in science in general. Um, but I always thought like, you know, at first I wanted to do something with astronomy. I wanted to be an astronaut. Um, then I wanted to do like, uh, I know it sounds stupid, but like I was really into physics back in the day. Um, and so kind of the biological sciences and the medical sciences really came, uh, a little bit later. I was always exposed to it. Like I mentioned, my grandma is a nurse, my uncle's a physician, he's a neurologist. So I always had that sort of exposure, but it really solidified, I'd say, second year of, of college for me. What were those discussions as you sort of circled around medicine, having those influences in your life? Not everyone has those influences, people in medicine that they could turn to and really get a sense of what medicine's all about. What was that like? Definitely. You know, there's my, so like I mentioned, my grandmother is a nurse, my uncle's a neurologist, and my grandfather uh, of less memory was uh, was a lawyer. So there was always a kind of, and so was my aunt actually. Um, so my family um, historically has always been, you know, about trying to be altruistic, trying to help people as best you can. Um, so I think it started of, you know, how do you blend, you know, uh, interest in science and kind of always being curious and wanting to find out more and do more with um, trying to help people the best way you can. Um, and just somehow naturally, I guess I arrived at that position uh, t towards that realization. Nobody ever pushed me into doing medicine per se. It was just a, kind of a realization I think came over a little bit of time. I could certainly relate to that. As you know, my dad is a physician, so I had that influence in my life and being able to see what he did. But I would agree with you. I don't think I was ever pushed to go into medicine. For me, it started... I thought about it in high school. I, like you, I was always interested in the sciences. I was really interested in bioethics. I thought that was maybe the path that I was going to go down. And then when I started college, I initially wasn't even supposed to take a science course. Really? I was supposed to take Econ 101. And a couple of weeks before college started, I sat down with my parents and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. But I sat down with them and my parents said, why don't you take a science class for a semester? At least keep the option open. And at that right. point, I think that was the first time I really sat down and thought, what would a career in medicine look like? And going into medicine, I, I could easily and still could go into the world of bioethics. But as I took the classes and really focused a little bit more on what I wanted to do with my life, it became more and more clear that medicine was truly the way that I was going to go. And I, once I got probably midway through college, I really couldn't see myself doing anything else. When was it that you really sat down and said, I need to do this? Was there a point where you told yourself, there's nothing else I could see myself doing. It needs to be medicine. So that's an interesting question. I'm not sure if I have an exact answer to that. I will say when, um, when I was, uh, when I finished up my freshman year, I did take several science courses but I also, another part of my family background is both my parents are musicians and I have a very kind of rich musical lineage. And, um, you know, 
Uh, I was always also interested in movies and entertainment and that kind of thing. And, you know, I don't know if you remember, but we used to shoot little, little short movies back in high school. So, you know, during my, the beginning of my second year of college, I was like, let me branch out a little bit. Um, so I did a couple of, um, you know, we call them gen ed courses with communication and, and um, acting. And actually pretty, so either pretty early on or in the middle of my sophomore year, my grandfather became, became sick. He had uh, unfortunately a big stroke. Um, and so I think part of that um, kind of encouraged me to go into the medical field as well. You know, just remembering what we had to deal with as a family, uh, not, you know, being in a position where you almost feel a little bit helpless and maybe don't know what's going on for sure. Um, part of that, I think, is what spurred me on to try to, you know, have a quest of knowing, um, you know, knowing the body better, knowing science better, um, but also being able to, you know, you know, having been on that side, be, be on the other side of being able to try to help people, uh, you know, taking in the positive aspects of what we experience and some of the negative ones as well, you know, trying to emulate the positive ones and avoid the negative ones. Um, so I think that's that's partly probably what contributed as well. So you decided to go into medicine when you were in college. Now it's more so the trend, but even when we were going through college now 10 years ago, which is crazy to think. Oh man, don't it, say that. It was starting to become the trend that people would take one year, multiple years off after college before medical school. Some people would travel the world. Some people would take additional science classes, get a master's in public health to round out their training. Both yes. you and I did not do that. I think Correct. we were a bit unique in that respect. Why did you not decide to take some time off before medical school? Um, that's a really good question. Um, and I, first of all, I totally agree with you. I'd say we were probably in the minority. A lot of people in my medical school class were either on their second careers or were like three or four years older, um, having done research or, you know, a totally different career. Um, I'm not sure if there's a particular reason why. What I will say is, you know, I had a goal in front of me, which was uh, at first to be a surgeon. That didn't happen. Uh, and we can talk about that more later. Um, but um, I had a goal. I was really motivated um, when I was, uh, you know, younger to try to be able to, uh, you know, accomplish uh, what I set out to accomplish. And I luckily was very was very blessed to have the opportunities to have a supporting family nearby. And so taking advantage of the fact that there were opportunities that presented themselves, um, particularly paired with, you know, a very close and supportive and close knit family and group of friends um, that at that time, the most prudent thing was, you know, apply, see if you get in and if you get in great, you know, study your butt off and uh, and uh, and you do that. So, you know, I took, took, I actually ended up taking the MCAT twice <laughs> and, uh, you know, was blessed to, um, to get into a couple of medical schools. Um, and the one in Philly was, was the one for me. If, and, you, um, if you had to redo it, would you think more seriously about taking time off knowing what you know now? You know, I, I grapple with that question often. And I think um, the, Quick answer to that is maybe yes, just because, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities in terms of personal life that we, you know, that many people give up. 
uh, in the pursuit of, you know, the overall goal of becoming, you know, a physician and being able to help people on the other side of that. So in terms of having sacrificed some of that time, I probably would. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, being able to, you know, show that, you know, we can help people and support ourselves as well as also, a, you know, a good quality. So there's arguments to be made on both sides. I think in the grand scheme of things, um, looking back, you know, grass is always greener. I would say probably, yes, I probably should have taken a year or two off, but, you know, I, I can't complain about the, the blessings that I've been given also. I'm a little mixed on the question too. I certainly have, I had and continue to have other interests outside of medicine that I would like to pursue. I think it would have been interesting to take a year or two off. I wonder if I had taken a year or two off, I probably would have stuck to science and medicine of some sort. I, I could have seen myself getting a master's degree of some sort, whether that's in public health, uh, something that would complement my medical training. But I, as I look back at it now, I think that my time, quote unquote, away from medicine is probably better spent now that I'm already a doctor and have that background to pursue other opportunities that I wouldn't have had after college. I think having having a being a doctor and having the clinical experience and, you know, I'm still in training, you're finished your training. It opens a lot more doors, especially if you're looking to stay within the medical field, but maybe stepping a little bit aside from clinical medicine. Definitely. And, you know, I tried to touch on that, but you, you articulated that much, much better. Um, uh, that definitely having the experience, having the knowledge um, is a definite boon and a help um, in a sort of way. And, um, you know, actually you, you mentioned, you know, what, what would you have done otherwise? You know, I probably also would always try to do something related to sciences. Just that's the way my brain is wired. Um, but I always also had a kind of strong affinity for education so that's why I've always tried to stay in academics. Um, um, and uh, so I probably would have been a teacher or, or a professor or something like that if, if I didn't do uh, medicine. You could have gone busking on the streets of Philly with that musical oh. background of yours. And <laughs> knowing knowing how you sing, because, you know, you got in trouble for it a lot when we were in high school. Yes, yes I did. You probably would have made a decent amount of money, though, singing on the streets of Philadelphia. Very I'll kind say of that. you. That's very kind of you. Maybe we'll get some bonus footage for, you know, premium subscribers. Extra. <laughs> so you stuck around in Philadelphia for college, and then you, you stuck around the area to go to medical school at the same place that you went to college. What are your memories Correct. from medical school? You know, um, my medical school was interesting. It was a definite change from from college, which was a little bit more structured and less structured at the same time. You know, we had the way our curriculum worked was, you know, eight to 12. Um, you're in lecture, lecture, lecture. Um, but they didn't, you know, take attendance. They didn't care if you came. They didn't care if you listened. It's, it's kind of, you know, on you. Knowing the way I am, uh, which is very easily distractible, I pretty much came to all the lectures because I thought it would behoove me uh, to, to be there. Um, and then I just remember a lot of late nights in the library. We, we had, you know, a big, like a couple of big lecture halls, and then we had a library that was just adjacent. And I just remember, you know, 12 o'clock hit, you know, spent a little time on lunch and then hit the books. And I was there, I'd say on an early day until four o'clock on a late day till 10 o'clock. So, you know, on average till six, 7 PM, pretty much every day trying to review, um, 
you know, the information that was given. And, uh, you know, they always describe medicine as kind of like a fire hydrant that you kind of like open your mouth and kind of whatever sticks, sticks. So the volume um, of information definitely um, was uh, a big adjustment for me because especially my study strategy doesn't deal well with a lot of volume uh, in terms of uh, amount of information. So, you know, I, I had to take my time and I had to put in the effort. So that's really mostly what I remember from med school. A lot of late nights in the library. Yeah, the metaphor, and and everyone talks about it when you start medical school, Yeah, drinking yeah. water out of a fire hydrant. I think amongst all the metaphors when it comes to medicine, that's probably the most accurate. You, you're thrown into the situation. Part of the challenge, I think, is that you don't necessarily know what you're going to need to know. Looking back on it, a lot of the biochemistry information, even some of the anatomy information may not apply to me on an everyday basis. And I think anatomy probably applies a little bit more to you, some of the stuff that I forget, but you just don't know what you need to know. And there's just so much thrown at you. And I think about my lectures the same way. We had a similar curriculum. We had lectures in the morning. They were recorded probably three quarters of my class by a couple months in, wouldn't come to lecture every day. I also had a little bit of that, that guilt feeling. If I didn't go to lecture, mm -hmm. I would I would end up listening to the lectures afterwards. But it is interesting that you're just trying to get as much as you can out of it. And I remember being so frequently tested. You know, you'd have, we'd have anatomy lab, we'd have our, you know, cardiology curriculum, you'd have tests here and there. And there was, mm -hmm. everything just kept moving and moving and moving. And you felt like if you didn't keep up with everything, it's almost like falling out. I don't know what the correct metaphor is, but if you're on maybe, you know, rapids on a river and you fall out of the boat, you're not going to be able to get back on that boat. No, it's sink or swim and you're all, you're by yourself. So uh, a lot of, a lot of people. So I know a, a good amount of people that actually dropped out um, of my, of my medical school class. And a lot of people that I was, you know, really good friends with. And you're right. You know, there's, there's, little room for error. So, you know, it was important to try to stay on top of things and be as organized as you can be. Um, and, uh, and like you said, you know, it's hard to tell what you need to know and what you don't need to know. Like I don't use 90% of what I use of what I knew in anatomy at one point. Um, like you said, you know, we had a bunch of tests all the time. The worst, my worst, my dreadful ones were the shelf exams especially in things that, you know, weren't as interesting because, you know, um, there's just things that are naturally more, people are interested in uh, more in certain things than others. Um, and, uh, you know, it was, that was, that was tough to try to, to try to, you know, be on top of your game when, when it's something that doesn't stimulate you quite as much. Um, but somehow we got through it, man. <laughs> We did get through it. You alluded to the emotional impact that medical school had. And I think we'll talk about burnout in a little bit when it comes to residency and beyond. But when you look back at medical school, it is lonely. It is a lonely experience. Once you get to your last couple of years, you're interacting with people, you're in the hospital as a trainee. And, and in that respect, then you have a lot more support around you and you have people that you could commiserate with. But when you're sitting at home listening to lectures or sitting in the library listening to lectures day after day after day, that yeah. I look back at it as a pretty lonely experience. Certainly, you have classmates and you have friends that you try to lift up and they try to lift you up. But it is a very individualized experience those first couple of years of med school. 
That's that's very true. You know, um, it's interesting that you said that. Uh, as you were saying that, I was thinking about a couple of my friends. I actually was lucky enough to go to medical school with some of my college friends, and we used to study all the time together. And then when med school hit, you know, he went his way in terms of his study strategies and wor what worked for him, and I had to go my way. And you know, in, in terms of that, it was a little bit lonely. But like you mentioned, you know, it's important to really find people who you can try to lean on during different times. So one of my best friends who in medical school who actually just got married recently, um, you know, we used to carpool together our first year. And then our second year, you know, again, you know, certain differences emerged in terms of, you know, what works for him, what works for me. Um, and I just remember, you know, sometimes he was like, you know, Lev, you know, I need to change and blah, blah, blah. And he actually started this routine where he'd wake up at three or 4 a.m. and he would study in the morning and, uh, you know, that's something that didn't work for me. <laughs> so, you know, like you said, it, it, it can be lonely, but you have to be invested enough and you have to know that what you're working towards is number one, worth it. And number two, it's, it's, it's gotta be something that you enjoy enough to do it because th there is a significant amount of sacrifice that, that you must put in. One of the differences looking back on it between college and medical schools, college was a little bit cutthroat when it came to the pre-med classes because mm. you look at everyone around you and you realize you're competing with them to get into medical school. And oftentimes right. now that it's so competitive, your best bet is to stay in the same place that either you were raised or that you went to college just because of the familiarity. And you're looking around your classes of 300, 400 people thinking, mm -hmm. these are all the people I'm applying against. When it comes to medical school, I think that shifts a little bit. Certainly it's because everyone at the end of the day goes into different specialties. You're not, this whole class is not going for the same thing, but I didn't right. feel as much competition. And I was fortunate in college. I had a group of friends that were also pre-med and we supported each other. And it didn't feel like that. Oftentimes it didn't mm -hmm. feel cutthroat, I should say most times, but in medical school, there was much more of a feeling of I'm in this with you. We're not competing against each other. We both recognize how difficult this is going to be. Let's help each other out. Definitely. Um, you know, we actually had um, the way our curriculum was uh, structured. We had, you know, a core group of six people, which were my anatomy lab partners. And uh, luckily they were great, great people who, you know, I still keep in touch with to this day. Um, we helped each other out, particularly in the early days. You know, anatomy lab is... Uh, know, the first two months or whatever uh, of medical school. Um, so definitely um, that core group really helped us out. And then, you know, whenever we had, you know, our small um, uh, group case-based learning kind of sessions, uh, you know, we were automatically, that's who we were paired with. So we definitely um, developed close relationships with people. Um, and it's actually funny that you mentioned that because like you said, you know, 400, 500 people uh, lecture halls, uh, is what my college experience was also. And so, you know, in medical school, you know, it's the same group of, you know, 150 people. Uh, so there's a little bit of a family aspect to it where, you know, that, you know, John is going to be sitting over there and, you know, whenever you need to talk, you know, he's right there. He's always there in the same spot uh, and, uh, and certain things like that. So I actually felt that my medical school was a little bit like high school also, where, you know, everyone knew each other, you know, all your professors knew you, um, at least the first two years, the, the last two years, you know, when you're rotating in the, uh, in the hospital, 
Um, that was an adventure in and of itself as well, where, you know, uh, especially for me, you know, I think I was at four or five different hospitals because nobody bought me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, um, so, you know, you learn how to deal with patients, learn how to deal with nurses, learn how to deal with residents and attendings. And, uh, that was an adventure in and of itself as well. But I definitely agree with, with, uh, what you're saying about the medical school experience as a whole. I also have very fond memories of my anatomy lab group and, we do still keep in touch. I went to residency with, with one of my anatomy group partners, shout out Alita, shout out Heather and Jihei while we're at it. But yeah, those late nights, those late nights in the anatomy lab, you know, maybe we'll talk a little bit later about medical TV shows, but the way that medicine's portrayed in society, I think those late nights in the anatomy lab, there's a lot of things that are inaccurate about how medicine's portrayed in society, but those late nights in the anatomy lab, you kind of look at yourself and you're like, yeah, this is what my family thinks I'm doing. Spending the late nights studying at the anatomy lab, practicing for your tests. I think the other thing that stands out, what you said, is the rituals in medical school. Because I agree. Everyone had their own desks. Everyone's yeah. got a little bit of OCD about what's going to work, what's not going to work, where they're going to sit oh, for the oh. test. And it did make it fun because you could know exactly where to find different people depending on the day. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Doctors Are People 2 podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. And make sure to share it with your friends and family. Follow us on our Instagram page at Doctors Are People 2 podcast. Do you have a question or a comment on the show? Maybe a guest recommendation? Direct message us on our Instagram page. Until next time, this has been the Doctors Are People 2 podcast. Take care.